Hey, Bob, I have a email here from a patron that I thought I would read and I thought I would get your, your thoughts on this. What do you say? Sure. Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a professor and a licensed therapist. Uh, my name is Bob Gettle. I'm uh, also a therapist here in town in Seattle, a friend of Kirk's for 20 years. 21 years. 21 years. Not that I'm, not that I'm counting. Yeah. This uh, is an email from patron Katie. I am nearly complete with my training to be a marriage and family therapist, and I could not be more excited to start the rest of my life. That being said, it's difficult to share or even explain the amazing things that happen in the therapeutic context with my family and friends. They have no idea the work we do because of confidentiality and other ethical considerations. I would love to know how I can teach the people around me to treat my work with my clients. There will be some days I will crack and have to explain why I'm crying like a baby. Other days I could be flying high and not be able to tell anybody the incredible work that that a client did that day. What can family and spouses do to support us as we do this work? Bob, what do you think? You're in for some growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> this person's going to figure it out as she goes yeah. and her family's going to figure it out as they go. And my guess is in two years, she will not have this question. I'm not saying that she'll be supported in the way that she most wishes all the time. Yeah. Hopefully enough of the time. Yeah. Um, and I suppose she'll find a way to talk about these things that does not violate confidentiality. Right. Well, let's talk about that. But first I want to talk about the first notion. It sounds like you're saying patron Katie, you're just going to have to suck it up and do not, you know, you're not saying this, but you're basically saying, look, you're not going to get the kind of support or accolades perhaps that you think would be nice from your family and friends. That's probably true. Because you're a therapist. You're, you're going to go to work and you're going to do all this amazing work and you're going to come home and no one's going to give a shit. Or no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or know that you're doing anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So probably a very good idea uh, from just a personal level, but also from a professional development level is to have good supervision and consultation. Yeah. Uh, to share those kinds of triumphs with and also those pains with someone you actually can be candid and frank with, yeah. uh, where confidentiality isn't something on your mind. I'm the king of get training. Yeah. Uh, if I want to learn something, I get somebody to teach me how to do it. Yeah. So, right. In, in consultation groups, you can form peer consultation groups. I find that the most wise, experienced therapists will, you know, people 30 years into the profession will have very strong consultation groups that they meet with at least once a month, maybe more, for years together. And they know each other backwards. They know each other better than their spouses do and talk about their clients as well. And those people you can talk about and celebrate and yeah. and talk shop and, and um, commiserate together about your work. And they obviously will understand what you're going through right. because they go through it themselves. Family and friends might not understand. They might not even really understand why you became a therapist in the first place. <laughs> they might uh, be threatened to some extent. Your spouses might be kind of confused that you're in a club of therapists and they don't really know how to, how to, talk, how to think about it. I find that when some people, intelligent people, people who live in Seattle who are, you know, at Therapy Central... When I, you know, talk about being a therapist, they have very strange responses about that. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll just say, so I've always wanted to know, are, 
are clients just just crybabies, or do you think they really have problems? I mean, I'm not even joking, yeah. right? That's like a serious question I will get. They will tell me, like, are, so are clients just, are they just, like, complainers, or, you know, is that, they just always complain? Do you ever just want to, like, shake them and say, get over it? Is, does that ever happen? And I'm just like, do you, what weird cartoon are you only watching <laughs> that portrays therapy in such a way that makes you have such a stupid, stupid question? You know, Bob's a client. I'm a client. And, and we're common clients. We're not abnormal clients. There's plenty of clients who go to therapy who are exactly like us. And there are clients who are, you know, psychopaths. And there are clients who are psychotic. And there are clients who are anxious and you have, you know, you have soccer moms and you have inner urban, uh, you know, black men and you have homeless people and you have, you know, rich, richy riches people. And, you know, it, it's everybody. It, it, clients are everyone. It's everybody. So whatever kind of weird conception, you know, is out there, it just annoys me. And I'm sure none of the listeners have that weird conception. The other thing is, is confidentiality. Uh, technically speaking, you are not to talk about any of your clients at all. Unless it has a uh, purpose of a consultation, supervision nature, or you're conferring with a, another professional, uh, you know, usually with client consent to talk about, you know, if Bob and I had the same client and the client signed a release, you and I could talk about the case. Or you can present cases for educational purposes. Ethics will often delineate that. And... As you know, on the podcast, I talk about cases, and ethically speaking, I, I always think about, one, how I can mask the identity, uh, change the identity, or just reduce all the identifying factors to nothing so that it really could just be anybody. And I'm doing it with the purpose of education uh, for you know a number of, of, of reasons. And so now, that's, that's the technical thing. The reality is, is that, uh, well, even if you're, even if we're staying in that zone of being strictly ethical and on the up and up, you can go home and talk about in general, what your day was like. You can say, for instance, to your spouse, I had the most amazing session today. My client, whom I'm not going to tell you about, had this massively transformative moment. And I, and I've been cultivating this relationship and this and this therapeutic path with this client for two years now and I, I just feel so good and it just is so you know affirming of my decision to become a therapist and I'm just so happy and I, I just want to share it with you I just want you to know like man I feel really good about being a therapist you know that's you're not saying anything about your client it's extremely general or uh, you're crying and you're like I had a client um, tell me I was a terrible therapist today and I'm really hurt. My feelings are hurt and I kind of stressed out and I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, you can absolutely talk about all that kind of stuff and, and should, frankly. Um, having said that, Bob, what do you think? It, do you think, percentage-wise, how many therapists uh, at least once have gone home to their spouse and 
talked, you know, just specifically about a client. All of them. Right. <laughs> right. Plus, there's the thing, like, you bump into somebody at the mall. It's a client. You're with your person. You're with your spouse, say, and you bump into somebody at the mall. And, your sp- and my wife says to me, how do you know that person? I My stock answer is, I'm not allowed to talk about how I know that person. Right. Which is, of course, a dead giveaway. Right. But I, there is no out of that question. Right. I can either confirm nor deny the fact that you just asked me a question that I cannot confirm nor deny ethically of the presence of a code that denies me the possibility of answering such question. Right. Uh, no comment, wife. Yeah. Um, right. So, <laughs> um, you know, and so, yeah. So, so there, I carry a stack of releases of information in my wallet and yeah. I pass them out to people when I bump into them and say, is it okay if I tell my wife? Who you are. Who you are. Yeah. Right. And then they say no and you're like, okay. And okay. your wife was like, who is that person? Okay. So, right. The reality is, is that it happens. If it harms a client, obviously bad. And if it results in your spouse, you know, saying, hey, I know that person, that person I work with, or that's a famous person. And, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, and I'm not very good at keeping secrets. And when I'm talking to my best friend, I'm going to have a few glasses of wine and accidentally tell them, guess who, you know, my husband is seeing Donald Trump, you know, he's Donald Trump's therapist, you know, this is harmful to clients. And how often does that happen? Uh, my guess is it's extremely infrequent. And, you know, there are things you can do as a therapist if you're venting to reduce that risk, you know, yeah. not saying names, right. not uh, not putting your spouse in a position where they have to keep a secret. That's that's always what I'm thinking of. Like, if I'm venting about something, vent to in a way that doesn't put the other person in a position where they have to go, shit, what am I supposed to do now? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also telling your, whoever you're talking to, by the way, do, don't repeat a word of this to, to anybody, you know, like, you know, cause even if they just said, generally speaking, uh, you know, to their workmates or something like, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Word can spread around. And before you know it, a client could hear that you were talking about them and that's going to harm the client. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about it? Or as I, as I speak it out loud, I, I almost kind of get worried about us. Like we're doing something wrong. Oh, well, every time I go to ethics training, I'm paranoid for another week. Right. Yeah. No, of course. And we shouldn't presume that a client will be harmed, but there's potential for a client to be harmed. If my, if I found out my therapist was talking to, you know, to her, her spouse or whatever, to be honest with you, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just, I, there's not really nothing that'll let private about me. I think we have to work with the potential, but right. not with, not, we shouldn't presume it. It's not really a sacred cow. Right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, I would like to say before we move on, getting consultation, we should never outgrow. What was that? Uh, uh, we getting- should never outgrow consultation. Outgrow. Right. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to be an expert. No. They couldn't benefit from, seriously benefit from. Therapy has a strong, long history going back to Freud that assumes that throughout your career, you are going to need consultation and benefit from consultation and benefit from therapy. Yeah. Freud would say to his pupils, sounds like you have a countertransference issue there. Time to enter analysis again. Yeah. And, uh... And the only reason why Freud would learn about that is because he was talking with his, with you know his fellow uh, psychoanalysts, and they were talking about their lives, their personal lives, and and their their work. And so, yeah, throughout your career, continue to consult. I I, I do all the time. Uh, we consult as professors all the time. Someone will just come into my office and say, oh, so I have this. You know, it'll be another professor. It's like, oh, I have this case. I gotta like I gotta like work this out in my head. You know. And we always come up with stuff that 
the person consulting wouldn't have come up with themselves. Yeah. They're always like, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Because we get clouded and we get, we have blind spots yeah. and we have countertransference and we have things that we don't want to look at. And we don't know everything, obviously. Yeah. And another person has a whole other Venn diagram of things that they know. And when you, you know, all right, well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining me. And thanks for joining me, Bob. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. That does it. Uh, please take care of yourself out there because you deserve it and take care of others because they deserve it as well.